0: I'm glad that you're here this morning, and I'm glad that I'm here this morning. Last week we looked at a message called "Called to Be Faithful," and in that message from Mark chapter eight, we thought about and looked at three commands that Jesus gave. Do you remember what those were? What was the first one? Deny, deny yourself. Deny yourself. The second one. <coughs> Take up your cross. And what was the last one? Follow Him. him. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Him. This week, we're going to be looking at called to be generous. That God has called us to be generous, not just with money, with time, with our heart, with our energy, called to be generous. And we're going to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to take those three things deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, and we're going to apply them to the concept of giving from your heart and from your wallet. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to begin in verse number 5, and hopefully you'll join us there if you're not already there. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your bountiful gift beforehand which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. One of the things our church does is we support missions. Um, How many missionaries, Benjamin? It was on his prayer list. Um, Fifteen missionaries uh, and and ten mission works. Uh, What's the difference between a missionary and a mission work? Well, we support inter-Australia Baptist missions, And that mission itself supports multiple church plants in Australia. We support Mission Gospel Ministries International, a ministry to Hispanic outreach, and they support multiple missionaries. So uh, we support uh, different mission agencies, uh, Baptist missions, and others that help fund other missionaries in other places. Uh, We support Nationals Outreach Worldwide, which actually provides uh, the funding for national pastors to be able to work full time, uh, and be able to serve God where they, in like in Cuba, where the average income is less than $30 a month, they would have a very difficult time paying to support a pastor. They're struggling just to survive. And so we help support several pastors who can then be full time in the ministry, helping those churches. So, uh, that's some of the mission organizations that we do. So how does that happen? Well, we take an offering. We receive an offering uh, that you give, and you put it in the offering plate. We also receive them online. Some people send them in from uh, other parts of the country. Uh, sometimes when they're on vacation, they can uh, do it. Uh, I think we once got an uh, offering from Albania. Uh, when Randy and Sarah were over there, they, they sent it in uh, via our website online. So you can give to the church, you can do it online, you can have your bank mail a check to the church. When we support missions, we're doing like verse 5 says. We take up that offering and then we send it out for missions. That's what Paul had asked the church in Corinth to do. And they said, yes, we're going to do that. And so he sent people ahead to get it ready. And so that's why when you come in for church, there's people, there's offering plates ready. We're ready to receive the offering that you have. And then it goes out to help different missionaries, well, this local mission and missionaries around the world. And so we're doing exactly what they were doing. Uh, Verse 6, Paul said, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. How many of you have ever spent time on a farm? Not enough of you. (laughs) You Some of you remember Fred St. John. He was a deacon here for years. And Fred and I would drive past the dairy, and I'd go, Oh, man, the smell! And Fred would say, Smells like money. Uh, He was an old farm boy, and and Fred loved the farm. And on the farm, when you plant, what grows is what you planted. So if you have a field this big, but you only plant over here, where are you going to reap from? Only over here. See, this was an agricultural society. We're not very agricultural. Some of you like to try and raise plants in your backyard and call them gardens. Um, Mostly the plants in our backyard are either flowers or weeds. We don't seem to have anything in between. But you you grow things in your garden that you can eat. I like to go get actually, (laughs) Kathy goes and gets my vegetables. I don't even go buy them. Uh, But If if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. Does this mean that if you put a hundred bucks in the plate today, God's going to bless you with a hundred dollars this week? No, but he's going to bless and enrich your life. However, Malachi does say something interesting that when you're faithful to God with your finances, he will bless you, but he also will rebuke the devourer. So it's a twofold. There's a blessing and there's also less problem. So maybe you'll have $100 less problems this week. The Bible doesn't give a clear definition of that. But God richly blesses your life. And he says, listen, if you really want to enjoy blessings from God, become a generous person. Verse 7, so let every one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, how many of you had an offering plate pass by you, either right in front of you passing down the row or somebody walking down the aisle real close to you. How many of you had that this morning? I did. Gary came right around the corner here and he handed it. Now, how many of you had the usher stand in front of you with the plate, pointing at the plate and demanding you that you put money in? Have you ever been in a church like that? Uh, We were in one on vacation when I was a kid and the ushers had long poles. And the, the deacons were the ushers, and they had long poles. And then, so they, they would put a bag that would attach to the end of the pole, that you and they'd hold it down, and they would hold it in front of you until you put something in the bag. And then they'd go down. And then those same guys would take the bag off and use those poles to bap you in the back of the head if you weren't paying attention or were being a little disruptive. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, <laughs> I have no idea, just something came to me. <laughs> uh, so, listen, it's not our job to make you give. It's our job to give you the opportunity to give, just like God does. He gives you that opportunity. And he says, your life will be better if you do, and worse if you don't. So you make the choice. Don't demand that people give, but give them that opportunity. So, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Doesn't that sound good? All grace abound toward you, uh, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, quoting from the Old Testament here, from Psalm, he that has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Who's that? God. God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, may he supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So God who superintends all of life, he's the one who provides seed to sow for plants. He's the one who provides uh, income for you. Uh, Deuteronomy God reminded him, God is the one that gives you the capacity to get wealth. So he's the one that allows you to earn, and he's the one who provides the, the process whereby growth can take place in farming and agriculture and crops. And, and he says, you look to God. So when you're giving, you're trusting in the omnipotent God who was superintending the affairs of this life. You're not trusting your boss for your paycheck. You're trusting your Savior. Then verse 11, while you were enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. God enriches and blesses your life. And so your giving actually is an outworking of thankfulness. You're thankful, so you give. I, that's the motivation that we have in response to what God has done, we give not because God demands it and He's going to mess with you if you don't. We give not because the deacons thwop you in the back of the head if you don't. We give because we're thankful for what God did. So that there's a joy in giving. Um, if you really like somebody, whether you're—I mean, whether it's marriage, engagement, family, whatever. If you really like somebody, you appreciate them, and you're in a store, and you see something that they would really like, and you can afford it, don't you feel like, oh, I should buy that for them? Shoot, I was out on vacation, and I saw something my mom would like, and I thought, I should buy that for, oh, can't give that to mom anymore. Mom's in heaven. But, But I still thought, you think about giving to people you love, and that's how the offering is. You're giving to the one you love. Verse 12, for the administration of this service, that the process you go through to give, not only supplies the needs of the saints, your offerings here help my family and I eat food. It helps missionaries around the world eat food. Not only meets their needs, but is also abounding through many thanksgivings to God. So that there are people on planet Earth today who are expressing thanks to God for the offering that you gave here. You're not just investing in the work of the Lord. There's gratitude around the world to God for what you have done in your giving. Verse 13, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience to your confession to the, of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. So they're grateful and, and they're joyful and around the world there's praise for what God is doing in verse 14 and by their prayer for you. The people who are blessed financially because of the giving from this church are thanking God for you. By their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable or unspeakable gift. Rejoice in what God has done. I I want you to think about, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, in relation to finances, in relation to money. Number one, you need to put God first. This is tithing from your gross income. Not your gross income, but the gross means before Uncle Sam takes his cut, before your insurance, before your retirement, you give first to God. Exodus 23, 16 says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. The first of the first fruits. So you're giving God first. Uh, when Hezekiah was king of the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, after Solomon, uh, the kingdom split, you had Israel to the north and Judah to the south, and the southern kingdom of Judah, they were still called Israelites. But it was the kingdom of Judah. About 700 BC, he commanded the people to support the Jewish priests and Levites. They had not been supporting those who were serving God. And Hezekiah said, we need to do this. And so 2 Chronicles 31.5 says, as soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance of of the first fruits of grain and wine and oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. So they gave it to God first, uh, uh, joyfully, as soon as they were reminded that's what they should do, they did, and they responded appropriately. To deny yourself financially, in our bulletin it said, no servant can serve two masters. You're going to love the one? You're going to hate the other. You've got to choose. You've got to choose between God and mammon or God and money. You need to make the choice that you're going to trust and follow God. And uh, last month, I was reading a book um, written by one... uh, Anyway, a very wealthy Christian had written this book, contemporary, guy who's still alive. And he was talking about a conversation he had with another very wealthy Christian. Uh, People who were trying to follow God, and God blessed them immensely financially, and they became multimillionaires uh, because of their investments, because of their labors. Uh, And so one was giving counsel to the other. And the first one said, listen, God calls you to be faithful with your finances and give to him first. And he said, so just give. He said, don't obsess over how they use the money or what they're going to do with the money. There are some rich people who try and manipulate ministries. Well, I'll give you this much money if you'll do this. And and this guy said, don't do that. He said, just give it to the Lord. And then give to the ministry and leave it to the Lord. And then you don't have that anxiety and that stress. And the second person thought that was a great idea. And so he's the one who wrote the book. And he shared how the wise counsel he got from the first guy. In our church, we do not support any missionary that the church doesn't approve of. You know, if my friend Bubba became a missionary to the Rednecks, I couldn't say, all right, our church is going to support Bubba. Our church would vote to support Bubba at a church business meeting. The missions team would approve it, the ministry leadership team would recommend it to the church, and then the church would make the not all churches work that way, I think they should, uh, but our church does. So the money that goes out to our missionaries, this is not, hey, you know, Deacon Joe has a buddy in North Carolina who could use some money, so we'll send him some. No, it's the church making that decision on who we're supporting and how we're supporting and, and I think that's a blessing. So how can you deny yourself when it comes to money? Well, maybe spend less time watching commercials. <laughs> commercials are designed to convince you that you need this stuff. If there's something else that will work just as well but cost less, commercials don't want you to do that. Have you seen the Mercedes commercial? The best or nothing. If I walk through the parking lot, would I see a lot of nothing out there? <laughs> see see, to me, that's, that's a non-issue. Now, Okay, understand this, please. If you can be generous toward God and afford a Mercedes, enjoy the Mercedes. They're very comfortable cars, very reliable cars. If you can be generous toward God and afford the Mercedes, do it. But if you have to choose between a Mercedes or being generous toward God, be generous toward God and drive a Chevy or even a Ford. (laughs) <laughs> be generous toward God and 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 drive something you can afford because when you get to heaven you're not going to care whether you drove a mercedes or an old beat up chevy or a dodge power wagon what you're going to care about is what you did for the lord so put God first try to lose the mindset I deserve this. You remember the old L'Oreal commercial? What is L'Oreal? It's hair, hair product? I think it was like a shampoo. And they would come on to and this lady would come on with spectacular hair and she'd say, L'Oreal. The most expensive shampoo in the world. But I'm worth it. I'm not. Suave uh, is fine. Right? Um, try to lose that I deserve this mentality. Uh, ask yourself if you really need it. God has a desire to meet our needs, but there's lots of scriptural evidence against our our wants, on our need to squelch our wants. You know, have you uh, seen Finding Nemo and the seagulls? Mine, 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 mine. All the kids have seen that, right? That's the way we are. You go in a store, it's like, oh, mine, 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 mine. And, and you need to turn that off and, and squelch those ones. And then at, when you get to heaven, do you really think you're going to say, Oh, man, I wish I'd had nicer clothes on earth. Nothing wrong with having nice clothes. If you can be generous toward God and have nice clothes. But I don't think when we get to heaven, we're going to care whether we had the shoes that were on sale for 50 bucks or the shoes that were 450 bucks or the shoes that were $6,000. You can buy a pair of jeans for over $10,000. Or you can buy a pair of jeans for around $10 on sale at Walmart. Uh, They're still jeans, right? So focus on God first. Deny yourself. Now, this does not mean ignore your needs. This does not mean, say, okay, you know, I I need food, clothing, and shelter, but I'm not going to have it. I'll walk around naked in the desert and sleep outdoors. That's not what God wants. In fact, the Bible specifically talks against that. So, don't be an ascetic, a person who's abusing their body. But don't indulge your wants either. Deny yourself with the purpose of doing more for God. Put God first, the first of the first fruits, and and trust Him. What was the second thing? Deny yourself and a mark. The second thing was take up your cross. Now, how would that apply to finances? This might apply to giving special offerings toward the roof. uh, I would have you raise your hands, but we won't. I know a lot of you and some people not here today generously toward our roof. Our goal was to raise at least $15,000 and we raised a little bit over $15,700. So between what we had in savings plus what we raised from that special offering, we were able to pay off the roof actually a month early. We paid it off early. So we rejoice in that. You can give a special offering to missions. I don't know if you use the offering envelopes, but on the offering envelope, it has where you can give to general fund like your tithe, go directly into the general fund of the church, and then you can give special offerings for different things. You can give toward our missions fund that helps uh, not just, I mean, we support our missionaries from our general fund, but our missions fund helps with special projects on the mission field, and we're able to help some missionaries in great need. And So you can give that way. You can give to the Forward by Faith Fund, giving toward future needs of the church, needs you don't even know about yet that will come up later. You can do that. You can give to help people in need. Uh, A young man that I know was uh, describing the way he handles his finances. He does everything online. He pays his mortgage online, pays all his bills online, transfers funds from his one account into his retirement account, does all of that online, everything. But when it comes to his offering, he doesn't do that online. He said, I want to think about it more. So he writes a check or gathers up the cash, puts it in an envelope, and he takes it to the church and he gives it. Now, that's what he does. It's not right or wrong to do it that way. That's just what he does. But he does that so he can really think about his giving, so he can think about what he's doing. And so you can go to our website. You can click on Actually, I think there's something on the bulletin. You could take your smartphone, click on that icon, and and it would take you right to our page where you can set up a monthly giving. And you can say, I want it to be first to go to God, so I'm going to set it up to go on the first day of the month and I'm going to do that every month. If that works for you, that's a fine thing that you can do. But he doesn't do it that way because that wouldn't work for him. He wouldn't think about it as much. And he wants to think about giving toward the Lord. Are you generous toward the Lord? We just read through a substantial part of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and repeatedly talking about our giving is part of our gratitude for the Lord. So... What if you canceled Netflix for a month and uh, gave that money to a missionary project? if you were here Wednesday night? where we I used an illustration of Lucas having twenty bucks to buy shoes and said, "Well, what if what if he could find a pair of shoes for ten bucks?" It was Lance, not Lucas. Uh, and what if Lance could buy a uh, get a pair of shoes for ten bucks? Then he could. Uh, pay the tax on the shoes, and save some for savings. What else could he do? Maybe give five bucks toward missions. See, we could do that. You don't have to burden yourself down and make sure you buy the cheapest clothes, the cheapest shoes. Hey, let me tell you something. Invest in good deodorant. Okay? Just, just as a favor to me. Uh, invest in good deodorant. We'll all appreciate it. Uh, but but you'll know, do... Take care of yourself, but also develop this attitude, this habit of being generous toward God. And so taking up your cross, uh, that's in addition to your tithing, giving generously in offerings. And uh, you could maybe uh, go without meat for a week. Go without meat? Yeah, there's lots of delicious legumes out there that give lots of protein. Uh, You could eat a sandwich at home instead of going out to eat. And you don't need to do any of these things. These are ideas that you could do if you wanted to be more generous toward God than you are right now. Here's one way you could add a sacrifice, take up your cross, with your finances. Um, What if when we got a missionary letter, you consciously considered what you could do to help that missionary? Uh, There's a prayer list out there. Uh, eight, eight and a half by 14 on the table out there that has different prayer concerns of missionaries and several of them have financial concerns. And you could say, you know, I'm going to give 50 bucks toward that missionary and you could give it through our offering, just designate it on your envelope that it's going to that missionary for that need. You could do something like that if you want to do. Uh, if you honestly cannot afford to give more money, because you are tapped out financially. You're barely given to the Lord, barely able to pay for your bills and have food. Well, then what could you do? What some other way you could sacrifice to the Lord? Well, you could use your time for the Lord. You could give up your time to help and minister to other people. Uh, we have some groundskeeping needs around here. And Jeff and Sherry do a ton of but there's a lot of stuff. You could say, I'm going to come, and and what day could I come and do work? I'm pretty sure that if you told Jeff you wanted to come and help, he could think of something you could do. You say, well, all I can do is walk back and forth. How many tree branches and limbs did we haul off, Jeff, walking back and forth? You could do that, Uh, and we would have stuff for you. You could... Give up your absolute favorite TV show, if you have one, and spend the whole hour praying for missions. If you don't watch TV, you're reading books, you could lay aside your book. Don't read the last chapter. Spend time praying before you get to that last chapter. You could look for somebody worse off than you are and see how you could help them. You could... Maybe stop all complaining for the glory of God. Right? No more murmurings and disputings. Do all to the glory of God. There are things you could do to deny yourself and put God first, to take up your cross and give extra of your time, of your money, of your energy, of your heart. What was the third thing? Follow Him. Follow Him. The picture on the screen is three crosses. God gave so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven. And what Jesus did on the cross leaves a legacy today, that people can still be saved today because of what he did on that day. And we rejoice in that. And you can leave what's called a legacy gift, a gift that will bless people and ministries after your life on earth is over. How does that work? Well, there's lots of different ways. You know, remember in the Bible, it says that Abel being dead still speaks because of his faithfulness. We had a couple here, George and Mahala Arison. And George and Mihaela, uh, they drove an older van. They lived in a small double wide out on a dirt road just on the north end of town. And they were nice people, but they didn't, they didn't live wealthy. And, and they left a legacy. They left a little bit of inheritance to some family members they had. But they also left an inheritance to our church. And, and we got a letter from an attorney saying they had left an inheritance to our church that would eventually come when the estate was resolved. And, and I can remember thinking, oh, that's so sweet of them. And then several months later, Sherry and I were in the office, and she walked up to me with a check that we got in the mail from that inheritance and showed me it was a couple thousand dollars. We had no idea. And it came at a very critical time. We were really praying about a financial need, and there was that check. And and we really felt blessed. And amazingly, months months later, uh, we got another check. From them that was a little bit less, but it was a huge, huge blessing to the work of the Lord. It impacted me so much, I actually talked to my dad about it. And I said, Dad, whatever you're doing for your inheritance, that's your business. But don't just bless the family. Bless the work of the Lord. Do something for God's ministries when you're gone from this earth. And he actually does that He stopped buying Christmas gifts for anybody in the family, and he donates very generously to charities and then sends us a list of all the charities he gave to on the behalf of our family. And that's kind of a cool thing, you know, uh, what a a blessing. So uh, you can give generously, maybe not in dollar amounts, but uh, your giving is measured by your heart. Remember Jesus sat that time when, when the offering plates aren't here, but But picture Jesus sitting over there by the treasury, and people would come by and they'd drop money in. You remember that story? And Jesus watched them all, put money in. And some wealthy people came, and and what do you think? Did they give a little or a lot? They gave a lot. And then one little widow lady came by, and would she give a little or a lot? A little, financially. Like giving a couple pennies today. That's what she gave. And Jesus said, hey, that lady gave more than all the other people because she gave from her heart. They gave of their excess. She gave everything she had. So God doesn't measure your gift by how much it is, but how much of your heart is in it. And honestly, if you give money to our church and your heart's not in it, It will help our church. We'll use it wisely for the work of the Lord, but it's not going to help you at all. You need to give from your heart to the Lord. And by the way, that's good counsel anytime you give people money. Give it to the Lord first and then give it to the person. And then if they don't use it in a way you might approve of, it's not going to bother you because you gave it to the Lord first and not to them. So I know somebody who gave money to help a person in a financial need and they spent the money frivolously and still had the financial need. And they were really frustrated and upset by it. And I thought, should have given it to the Lord first. And then when you give it to somebody else, that's between that person and the Lord and it doesn't bother you anymore. So, uh, don't don't go home tonight and call family and say, our pastor told us I have to disinherit you and give all the money to the church. It is not true. You have to follow the Spirit's leading in your heart and in your life. Some of you are blessed to have kids and grandkids serving as missionaries. How, how blessed it would be to give to those missionaries to further their work. Do remember that when you and I are in heaven, we are not going to long for this world. We're not going to wish we'd had more comfortable shoes, more comfortable cars, fancier clothes. When we get to heaven, we're going to be so grateful that God in his amazing love and grace let us give a little bit to further his work. He let us be partners with omnipotence. He let sinful beings be partners with holiness. He let broken people be partners in the fullness of His work. Because He's awesome God. And so we deny ourselves. We take up our cross. And we choose and we follow Him. You are called to be faithful. You are called to be generous with your life and with your finances. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow Him. Someday you'll be so grateful that you did. We're going to stand and we're going to sing a hymn close to thee. Close.